0: This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Streetwise Podcast, an extension of the Pitch in Kansas City. I am your host and the editor-in-chief of The Pitch, Mr. Brock Wilbur. How is everyone doing out there? And by out there, I mean inside, because it is goddamn cold out there. Uh, this is the only podcast uh, that you're listening to this week recording in front of a fireplace covered in blankets because, oh my god, I can't take it. Grew up in the Midwest, wore shorts through a lot of winters. In my 30s, nope, apparently I, I just need to do this. I have a cat on me. Cat, Hello? okay, you're not going to say anything. That's perfectly fine. Um, I read Marie Kondo's books, finally. I've never watched the Netflix show. I've always thought it was going to be sort of a funny joke. And then I look at the amount of crap in my life and go, you know, one day I'm going to read that. So sat down, finally read her books about the art of organizing. And once I removed my normal snarkiness, yes, there were a lot of very interesting things about that. One of the most interesting parts was that uh, she explained that there's a difference between cleaning and tidying, uh, that cleaning is actually the process of, of finding where things belong and that tidying is the process of just cleaning up uh, the, the normal accumulation of dirt and pet hair and so on and so forth that exists in your life. And that once you have effectively cleaned, um, tidying is actually much easier to do and isn't as formidable as it normally is, which... Um, yeah, you know what? That sounds good. That sounds like a good enough reason for me to thank some b- belongings for uh, the joy that they've brought me and then throw them away or uh, give them to donation centers. Um, I, I have a lot of possessions around me right now, and if they could look at me, they would be looking at me with a, a very knowing knowing glance and, and perhaps a bit of fear because uh, many of them are now on the chopping block. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, We're going to figure this out together. Anyway, uh, this week we have a great episode of the show. Uh, We have a reading of Lily's piece on the rabbit hole. Uh, The rabbit hole is stylized with a lowercase h on hole and an uppercase o, and I I can't stop myself from pronouncing it the rabbit hole. Uh, That's just a fun thing inside my head uh, that that now you have inside yours. So we've got a reading of that coming up in a little bit here. But uh, first off... It's Nick's Music Corner.
1: Hello, I'm Nick Spasic, music editor for The Pitch, here with this week's local music recommendation. After the Chiefs' overtime loss to the Bengals this past Sunday, knocking them out of the running for this year's Super Bowl, it seems that Kansas City is in need of reminding of just how great it is. What better reminder than local hip-hop superstar Tech Nine's absolute banger of a 2001 track, It's Alive. Just as much an homage to Tech's hometown as it is a boast-filled litany of the rapper's skills, when this track dropped in 2001, the reaction was instantaneous. This is the theme song for Kansas City. The way this lead-off single from Tech's album Angelic reps Kansas City is insane, and not for nothing is it a track I come back to time and time again, no matter what new tracks the Strange Music Impresario is dropping these days. 21 years on, hearing a song which references both Huey Lewis in the news and the 57th Street Rogue Dog villains will perk me up and remind me of just how strong KC can be. Tech might be big enough to have Dwayne the Rock Johnson guest on his tracks these days, but he's still KC through and through, and this track should make you just as proud to be here as he was and is. Here's It's Alive.
2: What's sizzling? Demons, angels, and civilians. Welcome to my purgatory party, baby. They say it ain't nothing but forms where we flown. They think we can't do no one harm where we flown. Guerrillas and killers and thugs from abyss. Tech nine, make them breathe like what? The city hit. Tech nine's going gonna spit it. You want this record? Yeah, cool. Go get it. Hot when the flames lit. Yeah. clock when the pain shifted. Yeah. Shock when the pain quits. pop with a bang this. Yeah. Instantaneous when I aim at the miscellaneous. Ask me, that's ask what? Why I'm the strangest. Because nobody ever wanted me rapping, but I knew within me I could make it happen. Picking hell a difference. To get the crack and never biting nothing. I was never jacking millimeters. Spitting ripping up a show and got the people tripping everywhere we go and now we're getting you to know the misery is coming with some another haters running when we got it Bye, Joe, you don't know that i'm about to blow k cmo but i bang this people make their jokes and say we off to see the wizard with well, me and dorothy and totos on your ass when you visit it's a, it's a lie it's a lie it's a lie it's a lie been in the dark a minute but now i made it through it this kansas city i'm gonna show you how we This rock. We put a slam us this rough cut, <laughs> and it's true, it's the frame I- Wow, Mystic must manage. Alienation, invasion, black, white, and even Asian. is gazing at the rave and misery phase, raving for the grave. forty hey six 668846993 We back, sick, whipping nickel plates, hurry chicks, mighty mind be. We back just when you're knowing where I'm gonna be. I've managed up my brain got it so dark that you can't see. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Your flows come in, your flows go out. My flows eternally coming out your mouth. Your makers in, some haters doubt. And yes, it pitiful. Even my picket coat better know when I bust. I can do it every day with a mouthful of lust. If you really must get with a nine millimeter gun, then trust You get left in the dust. Everybody better move when I groove from a hidden with a buzz Anybody with a bigger mouth, then I better hush. It's a lie. It's a lie. want to be grimy gritty 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 back up when i throw that v up in the air 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 that's 57 RDV, and you know now 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 that i represent like me yo we did it Kansas city yo we did it like biggie said much love my left mind for the tech nine it's biggie j you can find me up in kansas city on saturday and many after at the motel six laying up with two chicks delinion squiggy way or jack tripper i'm tech the rap ripper of cognac liquor i'm tech the gap liquor i'm up on that now who's trying to bring Tony Kennedy, Dale Shining, tripper back? Signing off, yeah. rhyming off, yeah. the wall constantly, timing off, yeah. never that, yeah. Cover rap, the can't be, creeping, seeping through the crevices and hella beefing, thinking they can stop the heart of Kansas City, but the heart of Kansas City is beaten I'ma show you how we do it
0: Now it's time for Lily's piece, Criss-Cross Applesauce Down the Rabbit Hole. Jason from Stolen Dress Entertainment, take it away.
3: Crisscross cross Applesauce Down the Rabbit Hole. Lemony Snicket popped by to revel in Casey's Explorastorium by Lily Wolfemeyer. Daniel Handler is an author best known for a series of unfortunate events, a 13-book children's saga published under the name of its macabre narrator, Lemony, Lemony Snicket. Snicket. When When Handler Handler began began his journey with the series, literary professionals raised their hackles at the grotesquerie that makes the book so whimsical and singular. In particular, they latched onto a scene in which a baby is gagged by the villain, stuffed into a birdcage, and dangled out of a high window. When a series of unfortunate events was just starting out and I was on tour, says Handler, there were quite a few booksellers and librarians who were nervous about my books and sometimes found them objectionable. And the question that was asked the most was, do you have to put a baby in a cage? While on that tour... Handler journeyed to Kansas City for the first time. After arriving at his hotel late at night, he decided to wander out and peek in the window of the children's bookstore that would be hosting his book event the following day. I walked over to the bookstore and it was midnight, so the bookstore was closed, says Handler. But I could see right through the door that they had made this papier mache baby in a cage just for me. I knew that I was in a special place. That special bookstore was the revered reading reptile, where the caged baby hung for more than a decade. Run by artists Pete Cowden and Debbie Petit for over 30 years, the Reading Reptile gained national acclaim and had storefronts in Westport and Brookside. While Handler's decades-long friendship with Cowden and Petit has outlived the store, which closed for good in 2015, there isn't an end in sight to their harebrained undertakings. Now he's part of the National Advisory Council for the Rabbit Hole, a non-profit museum focused on children's literature, co-founded by Cowden and Petit. It also claims the title of the world's first Explorastorium, Since 2015, the Rabbit Hole team has been building exhibit prototypes, designing mobile pop-ups, and contributing to the city's literary programming. They were temporarily housed in the Crossroads Arts District until 2018, when the museum purchased a 165,000-square-foot building in North Kansas City. Currently, the building is under renovation as they're hard at work constructing the exhibits. While the pandemic set their production timeline back, as it did for many arts organizations struggling to procure funding, they're looking at possibly opening by early 2023. The final product will feature a litany of exhibits and programming areas, a letterpress print shop, maker space, resource library and reading room, cafe, history panorama covering 100 years of children's literature, writing and story labs, gallery spaces, and, of course, a bookstore. Part of Cowden and Petit's motivation for closing the Reading Reptile was to pursue this grander vision. Because why have just a bookstore when you could have a 165,000-square-foot museum with a bookstore inside? We loved the books and art and weren't as fond of the business side of it, says Batide, of the professional pivot. Cowden concurs. Both Deb and I were getting exhausted by the market-driven aspect of bookselling, as opposed to just finding something we could do that departed from that aspect of our lives and getting more into the joy of reading. Bookselling fatigue was not their sole motivation for shuttering the reading reptile, though. The pair has an unparalleled vision for a destination that will ignite a passion for literature and children, while engaging parents and guardians along the way. We had lots of experience with books and kids and environments and discovery, and we knew we could create something that was beyond what beyond people, what were, people were imagining to bring... to bring kids to become readers, says Petit. Claiming lots of experience is an understatement for this duo. Cowden, for example, is awed by his colleague's expansive working knowledge of kids' books. Everybody who knows Deb, whether they're an author, an illustrator, or a publisher, knows that she knows more than probably anybody about not just books, but the relationships between authors, between different eras of bookmaking, printing processes and how they inform the results of a book in their making at that time. Things like that. I think a lot of people achieve that through academic processes, by getting a master's or a PhD. Debbie's done it just by, at this point, Petit cuts in with lying in bed and eating potato chips. Perhaps potato chips are the secret ingredient for the co-founders of the rabbit hole, whom Handler refers to as titans of children's literature. I mean, only they can do it, Handler remarks. It is such an individual vision, even though it is made of many, many other people's individual visions. It has the freaky individualism that artists produce. Early in December, the rabbit hole welcomed Handler back to Kansas City for a series of decidedly fortunate events. These included Pick Your Poison, an evening of philosophical discussion in honor of his new book, Poison for Breakfast. Published under Lemony Snicket's name, this pocket-sized volume is a completely true philosophical murder mystery. For what it's worth, the library shelves it in the nonfiction section. The evening itself was punctuated by moments of profound conversation and piano accordion performance, courtesy of Handler. A staff member wheeled a cart around that read, Is life me? Is life you? Is life we? Where guests were invited to submit philosophical questions for the author. When asked whether a storyteller should be honest, he provided his most succinct axiom with no hesitation. No. For the rest of the night, guests were free to roam the first floor of the rabbit hole like children set loose in the chocolate room of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There are skeletons of slides tunneling through installations, and a giant hamster wheel that, at some point, will embody Little Toot. Folks meandered through the fire station from the fire cat, replete with a child-sized fire pole, before mounting a staircase made to look like the lush jungle from My Father's Dragon. It is as if Harold and his purple crayon have had their way with the space, animating every character within reach. Every last detail inspired wonderment and heady fascination. The scene was made all the more intoxicating thanks to the open bar, as well as the neighboring cereal and milk bar. Slurping in oat milk and Fruit Loops, I thumbed through a bookmarked copy of Goodnight Moon that someone had placed on a replica of the bedtime tale's famous rocking chair. While there are still thousands of feet of empty space, it was not hard to look around and picture the final product. As it is now, the exhibits are sprawling and associative. This will continue to be the driving approach, per Petit's curatorial vision. We wanted to cover books from 1900 to 2000, says Petit. We wanted to capture people who had influence on others in the industry. Maybe they didn't have the most popular book, but maybe they were mentors or important in other ways. We wanted to make sure that there was a diversity of gender and ethnicity and age and subject matter. It's kind of putting together a big giant puzzle and making sure that everything fits and moving things around all the time. Petit is also quick to clarify. I'm not saying like these are the best 50 books of the last century, it's more nuanced than that, but I think it will create lots and lots and lots of layers of discovery and contact points. These opportunities for discovery are shaping up to be different for each and every book. We can't build every exhibit out from cover to cover, Cowden explains. We're going to be doing it on a temporary basis in the immersive gallery, where we'll put in a full book landscape where you can move through that story. But for each permanent exhibit, we have to find a place in the story that's going to deliver the most narrative. Petit points to their sculpture of Katie Kangaroo No Pocket from the book Katie No Pocket, that stands over eight feet tall. Armed with her smock full of pockets, Katie greeted guests at the door as they arrived for Pick Your Poison. You saw Katie Kangaroo, who's just, like, a giant kangaroo. I mean, that's all you need. The story is about a kangaroo with no pockets, so she gets a lot of pockets, says Batide, shrugging at the deceptive simplicity of the idea. Sometimes it's just something like finding a really key moment or key illustration that everybody visualizes when they think of that story. Some of the exhibits will be immersive walkthrough experiences, with text incorporated. Others, like Katie No Pocket or I Want My Hat Back, will focus on standalone characters. Some exhibits will even read the story aloud to you, as is the case with the Last Stop on Market Street bus. Last Stop on Market Street is the tale of a grandmother taking the bus with her grandson, while answering his barrage of questions. As of yet, it's the only 21st century book represented in the museum. For this installation, the Rabbit Hole team has constructed a vehicle-sized bus into the NKC building, which Pick Your Poison attendees were welcome to board. The ride costs a small bus fare, of course, which was donated to Thelma's Kitchen. After taking your seat alongside the sculptured characters, the bus began figuratively rolling, as screens installed in the windows played an animation of the story, complete with audio narration. I think you never love a book the way you love a book when you're ten years old, says Handler. You can live, when you're loving a book, in a liminal space, where you're in the story, and you're thinking about the story, and you're altering the story. You begin to negotiate different boundaries as you're playing with the story in your head, and I think the rabbit hole makes that very literal. You get to sit in the bathtub with Harry the Dirty Dog, and think about that for a minute. One gets the sense that the rabbit hole team is dreaming their wildest dreams while sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor of their 165,000 square foot Exploratorium. As they exercise their understanding of the ways kids interact with story and illustration, they try to look at their museum as if they're curious children themselves. We're providing a new entry point to develop a relationship with story and literature, says Cowden. Petit continues, if I was a kid and I'd read the book Fire Cat, where I just looked at the book Fire Cat, I want to go into the firehouse. I don't want to be told that this is Firecat's house, because I know it is already. For a kid who doesn't know the book, they just go into it and have this discovery of this part of the story, and then they want to know the rest of the story. It's about developing curiosity so that they can come to the book on their own. By facilitating this process of discovery, the rabbit hole is promising to deliver an experience that diverges from that of many other children's museums. Cowden and Petit make it a habit to research and rigorously interrogate children's museum and adult museum trends, especially when it comes to inclusivity and guest experience. What family engagement tactics seem innovative? What are other children's museums leaving to be desired? There are things that are also warning signs for us of complacency in that industry, Cowden says. Debbie's always said from the beginning, we're not going to be the museum where you're banging buttons. The pair was inspired by the City Museum in St. Louis, as you cannot go to the City Museum and not participate. Cowden and Petit gave themselves the added challenge of making their children's museum a space that will excite parents and guardians as well. Reading Across the Nation, a chart book, 2007, from the Reach Out and Read National Center in Boston reported that fewer than half, 48% of young children in the United States are read to daily. Cowden says that from the 90s to now, this statistic hardly changed, but the rabbit hole team wants to see it increase. The rabbit hole is very different than going to Legoland, or a lot of just general children's museums, where a kid goes into a room and starts playing with a Lego and the parent is over on the side and checks their email, says Cowden. That's not what this is. This is about people coming into the experience where there's an emotional attraction and a spiritual attraction to the books they know from their childhood. That's the dynamic we're trying to create, where it becomes irrepressible, like you can't not participate in then sitting down and reading the book. At the same time, they are cognizant of barriers that may prevent adults from reading to the children in their lives, hence why not all exhibits are focused on reading the text. There are many parents who don't have the capacity to read to their children, says Petit, whether they're working two jobs, or maybe English is their second language, or maybe they just don't read, they don't have access to books. So part of that is creating a space where, if a parent is unable to read, they're still going to feel comfortable and safe in our space. The spiritual attraction that Cowden describes the realization that you cannot do anything but have an adventure, worked its wonder on the crowd of adults attending Pick Your Poison. When one guest spotted the plaster silhouette of the peddler from Caps for Sale, outlines of his dozens of hats drafted in pencil above his head, their eyes grew wide. They gasped, pointed, and grabbed their companion's arm to draw them closer. Part of the magic of these installations, though not obvious to the naked eye, is that every last component is being made on site. The rabbit hole employs and is actively hiring a host of creators for the fabrication shop, upholsterers, painters, digital designers, foam sculptors, metal workers, and more. Their team includes Kansas City Art Institute graduates and even Scribe, a muralist whose work decorates the streets of our city. These efforts are atypical for many children's museums, which tend to outsource this type of construction labor. For the rabbit hole, this approach is necessary, due to the intimate collaborative process they've developed with the creators of the yarns they are bringing to life. That's one of the big reasons we are creating all the exhibits on site, not just because it's financially feasible, a lot cheaper for us to build exhibits on our own and invest in people, but because we have to be respectful and responsive to a variety of expectations that come with every book, says Cowden. Currently, the rabbit hole has obtained the rights and permissions to over 70 children's books, and the processes for making the stories three-dimensional are as individualized as the illustrations that fill their pages. In some cases, the estates of creators give their sign-off easily, asking only to see the final product. In others, The creator wants to be consulted at every step of the production process. The Rabbit Hole team welcomes this collaboration, and at times, specifically requests it. A good example of an exhibit we're working more with the estate is the John Steptoe Uptown and Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters exhibit, where there's an African-American experience of Harlem, says Cowden. The museum team is at work constructing a city block from the Uptown, which will give museum-goers the opportunity to actually step inside the buildings. Cowden explains... We need the children of Steptoe to provide their input. They need to become the sort of lead on that because we don't pretend like we know what that was like or have that same experience. Petit agrees, we need them to curate the space. Due to the team's sprawling national vision and the broad buy-in they have secured, the rabbit hole is set to be a popular tourist destination. At the same time, they are focused on maximizing their educational and community impact through local partnerships. We will only grow in terms of our relationships with other museums because we will be programming with other institutions, whether it's the Nelson-Atkins Museum, the National Museum of Toys Miniatures, Wonderscope, or anywhere, says Cowden. We see a lot of siloing going around Kansas City in the past, as far as institutions sort of holding their own, and we would like to see that through a different lens of collaboration. These relationships will also help the rabbit hole create a museum that prioritizes accessibility for the local community. To make it accessible, you have to understand it's not just about cost or money, it's about how a family is going to find out about the rabbit hole, and how a family is going to get there, says Petit. A lot of organizations treat accessibility with field trips, and field trips are one way to get a wider, more diverse audience of students. But the real challenge is, how do you get those families to come? Her question is answered in part by creative programming that isn't restrained to arts organizations. For example, week-long family passes to the rabbit hole will be available for checkout at the Kansas City Public Library. Branches will organize Saturday trips to the site for families, with transportation provided by Kansas City Area Transportation Authority. The focus is about helping kids and families, Petit says. Adults also understand that they have stories and the value and importance of their story. As for the kids, it's about investing in their cultural spaces with sincerity. Children's culture is diminished in large part by adult culture, or lives under the shadow as some sort of secondary culture, and it's not, Cowden says. The work we do with books when we're selling them, and the work we're doing now with the rabbit hole, acknowledges that this is an art form. As an adult in the industry, Handler has also experienced the subjugation of children's literature. I meet a lot of adult authors who are surprised when I know about literature and what I've read because I think they assume I'm in some way a clown you hire for a birthday party, he says. For Handler, the rabbit hole provides a validation that is necessary to a healthy and flourishing imaginative life. I think the rabbit hole helps you realize that imaginary space is really important. I think that our imagination gets chased away from children a lot, says Handler. You want to look at every building that Curious George has visited, you know? You want to go inside the firehouse. You want to open the stomach of the bear from I Want My Hat Back. And that can serve as a reminder of how important your imagination really is. You're part of this space that gets devalued a lot by a lot of forces in the culture. At the rabbit hole... Adult culture will be relegated to the sidelines as parents and guardians are invited to a world where childlike imagination is on full display, and anyone over the height of five feet must stoop to clear the doorways of the exhibits. In this way, Cowden, Petit, and the rabbit hole team are ringmasters, inviting families and curious personages to step right up for sights unseen and feats beyond your wildest imagination. All the while, a papier-mâché baby in a birdcage hangs from the ceiling of a staff-only studio on the second floor a maidenhead of good fortune for the voyage. Starting this month, the Rabbit Hole will be entering the final phase of building renovations while continuing to produce the exhibits. You can support the storium through financial support, signing up for newsletters, and following their progress as they hop along on their social media at rabbit underscore hole underscore KC on Instagram. Learn more about ways to donate at rabbitholekc.org forward slash ways hyphen of hyphen giving.
0: And that has been the Streetwise podcast for the first week of February 2022. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Check out the excellent work that we are doing each and every day at thepitchkc.com. We are serving the community the best that we can, and we are constantly expanding with new writers, new voices, and a new enthusiasm for the future. Uh, We hope that you'll come with us on that ride. Um, Thank you for listening to this show. Take care of each other out there. Um, Pitch in, and we'll make it through. Bye, bye bye bye. This was a production of the pitch podcast network. Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out the pitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to the pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback, write to tips at the Pitch in and we'll make it through.